We don't know the problems with that, right? You think it's a card issue, maybe? Because you said write error. Could that be like a formatting? It could be a f formatting thing. How terrible is it for you to reformat it? I don't think especially terrible. I mean, how do I do that on here? Here we go. Pretty ridiculous. Okay, I'm formatting the card. <coughs> oh, cool. You can do it right from there. That's neat. Yeah. Then we have to re go from the beginning, right? Uh, we can go right into Adventure Time. We don't talk about Scott again. I, I, I feel like we just pick it up. I think that it got the other shit. If not, we'll... Uh... Doesn't reformatting and delete stuff? No. Well, oh, okay. maybe. Actually, yeah. <laughs> I thought reformatting is like everything is deleted and we're starting again. Yeah, probably. Uh. But actually, it was already... For yeah. It was already formatted. Let's see. I, I can actually check. Yeah, everything was deleted. So, uh... God damn it. Play the song! Yeah. Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. I'm Nick the Human. I'm Craig the Dog. Yeah. Second time's a charm. Yeah. I do have the backup recorded. On this my is phone. the first take. Mercury is not in retrograde. <laughs> Every, everything's doing great. No one has any problems in their personal lives. We're sailing <laughs> along. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're, yeah. Obviously, we, we had some technical difficulties in our restarting, but it's okay because. All you missed was the Scott talk, which we've gotten multiple fans say stop with that already. So uh, nobody likes Scott music. We could do the bass talk though, right? We oh, bass talk! <laughs> Gosh. Uh, yeah, uh, real quick shout out to Joystick, Stuck Lucky, the best of the worst, Kill Lincoln. Who else did we just talk about a lot? Uh, trim tabs. Possibly. Trim tabs. My friend's band. They're not uh, Scott though. They're not Scott. Sorry, but uh, yeah, we went to that show at St. Vitus. It was really good. It's on our social media. Go watch that. Yeah, that was so. It's been a solid two weeks since we did a podcast mm -hmm. because my life is in shambles. Yeah, Eric's got a real job, which we've talked about, and you're moving into Brooklyn uh, again. We already <laughs> celebrated your move into Brooklyn on air once, but now it's going to be like <laughs> for real. And let's yeah. uh, let's what's what's your new address going to be? Let's uh, let's broadcast it to yeah. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk, to Eric. <laughs> Street. Oh boy. <laughs> That sounds real. I know that street. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, are you going to beep that out? Yeah, maybe. Okay, yeah, you might want to. Yeah, and is it true that your new job, you're an investment banker for Goldman Sachs, right? Yeah. You're uh, going to invest in uh, oil pipelines. That's your new job. That's correct. <laughs> Sorry. Y'all know me. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, just doing good shit out there, Eric, for the world. Uh, let's talk about Adventure Time. I have a thesis for the James Baxter episodes. Should yes. we talk about the plot and everything that happens and just react or do you want no. my thesis here's, now here's what I want I, your thesis here's what I've I don't been, I don't want to hear the plot of this here's what I've been doing <laughs> is at the beginning I just say the plot in, yeah. in like 60 seconds and then we then we explode off into the ether and do whatever we want okay. I want to do that I know Eric doesn't want me to but we're going to do it Nick when was the last time you listened to one of our episodes mm, actually about a month ago okay I listened to the Dave Lucas one a few days ago. How was that? Uh, well, I stopped listening when you stopped talking about bass. <laughs> I, I'm just in for the bass talk. <laughs> no, what, Eric, are you saying that my synopses are not 
interesting. I'm saying that if you listened to our podcast, you might podcast differently. Okay. <laughs> right, so look, everyone listening to this has probably watched the James Baxter episode of Adventure Time, like, I don't know, a thousand times, two thousand times. The show's been off the air for a long time. Okay, let's just go into it. Um, <laughs> Eric, episode discussion theme. I did listen to our podcast. I would say there are some people who watch, who listen to this, who just all willy nilly jump in. But I, you know what? You could. How how would you even describe this episode? All I, I, here's what I'll say to the you casual fans: It's about James Baxter, who's a horse who's balancing on a beach ball, and he makes people happy. And Finn and Jake go, "Huh? How do we do that?" And that's the whole episode. It's a true treatise on creativity. There you go. Yes. And that was my initial like thesis was like, oh, Finn sees a guy. He looks up to him uh, and he tries to recreate it. It doesn't work. That's not how creativity works. And the episode explores a lot of ideas on creativity a lot. And what they eventually come to is you have to find your own way to do the things you like and, and you'll make better like art and stuff that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you still might not be as good as the original, but there's places for everybody. And then I got I started doing some research. So here's my thesis. Oh, hit it. Is this a retelling of how Pendleton Ward views the famous animator James Baxter as like a professional animator? Ooh. And here's how I would back it up. I'm going to quote laughingplace.com. Um, so they said, oddly, spirit would not be the horse that James Baxter is most closely associated with. James Baxter, the person, not the character in the show. Sure. That would go to James Baxter, the horse in Pendleton Ward's Adventure Time. During a lecture at Cal Arts. James Baxter was taking suggestions from those in attendance on what he can draw and animate really quickly for everyone. One person suggested a horse bouncing on a ball, to which Baxter obliged. Later on, Pendleton Ward approached Baxter about animating on his show Adventure Time, revealing that he was the student that asked him to draw that back at Cal Arts. Of course, Baxter agreed and not only animated James Baxter the horse, but provided the voice for the character as well. Now, that's a really great origin story. Because you you do just wonder how the hell they come up with this. So it's extremely natural, the, the backstory. It's not contrived or really even symbolic in any way. It just sort of happened that way. Now, you're saying this is how Pendleton Ward sees James Baxter. Do you want to explain to everyone who the real James Baxter is? James Baxter is a famous animator. He's worked at Disney. He's worked at DreamWorks. He uh, has had his own studio. Recent, more recently, I believe he's back at DreamWorks. Mm-hmm. But he's animated on The Beauty and the Beast. Uh, he's animated on The Little Mermaid. Um, I think I found out recently he actually uh, did some stuff for... Um, oh, what's the Alex Hirsch show? Uh, uh, Gravity Falls. Gravity uh, Falls. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was really neat. That is cool. That's not what, not what he's most famous for, but yeah. all, all the Disney stuff. So he... So- he did uh, the stunning end sequence of Steven Universe, where in the finale, uh, Steven is like spinning around with himself. And I don't, do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Like, and with, that's a James Baxter. Yeah, he he wow. did that that little like thirty second sequence. Got so so Craig. So James Baxter is a legend in the animation game. Mm-hmm. So he's James Baxter, like the horse. And Finn and Jake would be the stand-ins for Pendleton Ward or everyone else who's sort of like, all right, I'm gonna like him back at Cal Arts. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do what he did, and then okay, now I got to figure out how to do it my own way. But I'm also gonna still take from him. But because um, interesting, so James Baxter makes everybody happy, mm-hmm. and this is 
this I I agree with you. I did get thrown off a little bit. I was thinking about it. Um, because they try to do what James Baxter like to the T, and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Then they start trying to do their own, mm-hmm. and they get there, but they still like part of what they do is is they're making a weird noise, and then Finn is still standing on Jake like a ball mm-hmm. sometimes. So I was sort of like, well, did they get their own thing, or are they <laughs> still? But I guess that's sort of a commentary on how inspiration works, where it's like. No, you can still directly take as long as you're doing your own mm-hmm. thing with it, your own space. Yeah. So I mentioned that I heard Rebecca Sugar talk about this in an interview. And I, I don't know how involved she was with this episode. Um, but I think, I mean, she obviously loved the work of James Baxter and got him to mm-hmm. uh, work on Steven Universe. But it was on the Steven Universe podcast where she talked about uh, this episode a lot. Um, so yeah, all of the, all of the Adventure Time staff were kind of like able to relate to that, that Pendleton Ward, like feeling of being intimidated by like your, your heroes and like how to be creative, like in their wake kind of thing, which is pretty universal. I mean, seeing Finn and Jake, they're basically just struggling with it the whole episode. And I don't even know if like what they wind up with is good. It's like it, <laughs> some it's, people like it. Yeah, but it I'm, is working. It's working, but it's like also just kind of lame. And but it it's their thing. But you know, it's just clearly not as good as like the original James Baxter. And like maybe eventually they'll find their own thing that's like totally different. But well, like look what Pendleton Ward started. Like you have Adventure Time. You mentioned Steven Universe, Gravity Falls. Uh, there was one that was like more for adults, and I can't remember what it's called right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Night Gospel. No, I do love Midnight Gospel. No, there was another one. You still like it was on some weird service. You know, oh, like uh, Bravest Heroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. I yeah. watched season one and haven't it picks finished up. it yet. It, picks it up. does. Yeah, I. It just it's on YouTube. Okay, which is a really weird service to watch on because they just string together all the episodes and they're like shorter than eleven minutes. Yeah, so it's just like, like bam, 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 and. Like, I was like, wait a second. Did one episode just end and another episode start? It was like just a... It's very trippy to watch. Yeah, I, I needed to focus a little bit more and I wasn't in a position to do that. <laughs> but it reminds me a lot of like watching Adventure Time where like at first it's like a silly kind of cartoon and then like there's like a lot going on and you get like super into this like really weird world and the characters and it's about like emotional growth. Yeah, yeah. The character development like started real hard at like halfway through season one, and I was like, "Wait a second, I have to like pay attention to this more." It's way harder. <laughs> <laughs> I think in season four they actually make the episodes longer than ten minutes. I'm not 100 percent on that. Yeah, but uh, it is a good point where it's like it starts out and you're not really sure if it's good, but if you keep going, it might develop into something amazing. Like Adventure Time. Yeah. Now we're talking about Adventure Time, and I think. I don't know, like, is Nirvana the Beatles? No. Well, they both play guitars. Well, Kurt Cobain's doing something different, but it's really cool. They both have big impacts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, but to, to jump off of this, which yeah. is really interesting, is that the episode starts with a sequence that is could only happen on Adventure Time that is truly original, which is the BMO <laughs> pregnant song. This is another... <laughs> This is another one of the clips that got me back into Adventure Time. Uh, Mara, my friend who's been on twice, she showed me like I, my uh, everyone's heard me say this, but I watched like the first three seasons live as they were coming out, two or three. Then I 
I fell off. And then somewhere in like season six, seven, eight, Mara showed me uh, lemon grab, little lemon sweets, and oh, Bimo, how'd you get so pregnant? <laughs> and I was like, that, and that brought me back into the show. I think it's it's probably one of my favorite Adventure Time moments of all time. This song, it's big. I love that. Like they they really always play with Bimo's gender. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a it's a cool thing for Bimo because it's. I love that they're playing through, but also so in the song, which we'll post on our Instagram if you're unfamiliar, you'll, you'll hear it right now. But in it, Bimo's pregnant, uh, but got pregnant by it was an it's an electric princess that came into Bimo's room and said, "Will you be the vessel for a human baby?" <laughs> which is like it's like a AI or word scrambler heard like the <laughs> origin of Jesus Christ and then spit it back out. In this way, like it's just so perfectly BMO. You're talking about the Virgin BMO? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mother Mary. Mother Mary, yeah. I that, think of it that way. That's really funny. That's I mean, obviously BMO is a stand in for the Virgin Mary. That's in so many ways. And yeah. I have a huge list that we're gonna go through. Right <laughs> <laughs> Movember. We'll 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 hit it. Bemovember. <laughs> yeah. Um can't wait. We're uh how many months away? Four uh, months? Yeah, it feels yeah. like an eternity. Oh god, we gotta get ready. Be November 2022. Yeah. Did have a, uh, you mentioned um, that uh, James Baxter worked on Steven Universe and there's a backstory there. Ooh. James Baxter, I think his daughter like is into like a lot of Rebecca Sugar's work and probably Steven Universe. And he asked her to like draw something for a birthday for her. Oh, and yeah. James Baxter like, was like, I'll, obviously I'll pay you. Uh, and she was like, no, but like, you owe me a favor. And then they pulled him in to animate something for Steven Universe. And That's it's just right. like so cool that all of these animators look up to James Baxter. And it, from what I can tell, it seems like he like he loves that. Like I was listening to another podcast with him and he was like, I'm just the right amount of famous because no one knows who I am <laughs> until I like go into like a certain space. And he's like, and then everyone's really nice to me. That's it, perfect. It's man. It, when you look at his work, though, he really is so fucking good at animating. Yeah. Like his little scenes that he does, like they stand out. Like it's almost like you didn't realize that like animation could be that good until you see that scene. And it's like, what the fuck is happening? Like <laughs> the, um, you know what? Okay. Have you watched Amphibia? No. The, uh, so it just ended. Uh, series finale was like last month. I, I just went up on Disney plus. And I just finished it. Um, really cool show, but man, I got to look up who was doing animation because in like the last like couple episodes, there are some sequences that are out of control. Amazing. It's like it elevates the show exponentially. And it's like who who fucking came in to just to do these like shot by shot insane like anime Super Saiyan like flying through the air with like rotating cameras around it and like, like really difficult things to animate. But you just you notice it when it hits that elevated level. Yeah, and James Baxter too. Like he like goes to bat for hand drawn animation. He's like, I don't think that computers have out like made it like outdated. I he's like, I think like when you like the amount of time you have to put in to get like the same kind of output. He's like, I think that it's it's similar. And he's like, I, mm. I think that people still believe in hand, like hand drawn animation. And like that's just really cool. Like he's like he's like a leader in this community. But he's like you can tell he's someone who just like loves the work and is just like a nice person. And like I don't know, I'm into it. Me too. And. To that, did he illustrate the James Baxter in the episode? Because I felt like the animation of James Baxter is different, especially yeah. in the end sequence. 
I think the end sequence might have been like the original because he he drew it at Caltech when Pendleton Ward asked him to draw something. Oh, like, so like the, end, like the end credits you're talking like. I don't know if yeah. the whole thing he drew really quickly like that. I, I don't like I don't want to be wrong there, but I know he drew something at Caltech and Pendleton Ward had it. And that's how he was able to like come up with the character. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, like even throughout the episode, the animation of James Baxter, the horse is actually like very detailed there's a yeah, lot of yeah. a lot of like three quarter five six kind of like turns where you yeah. see like the very fine details and like its mouth opening and closing and stuff at different angles and like stuff that's like just very hard for your typical 11 minute cartoon animation but yeah. not too hard for james baxter <laughs> right <laughs> he was talking about like the differences between like i guess like having computers versus not and he was saying the biggest thing is like having references he was saying like for Beauty and Beast, I think he did like the the ballroom dance scene, and he was like, "We had this like terrible candlestick model <laughs> we have to like go off of, and now you can get references for anything at any angle." And I guess yes. that that's the real advantage. But you're still like hand drawing everything. I know the so I started teaching myself illustration over the pandemic, and it's great because you don't have enough hustles. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but you made it far. Yeah, I got to start working on uh, the album art for my my next solo album that i'm working on but first i gotta finish the demos so i'm yeah i'm obviously overloaded with things i don't know why <laughs> i took this on but uh one of the great things that we have available now is like these digital uh tablets mm-hmm. and you can just take any f- picture off of the internet and use it as a reference and just like basically trace it on your first go like mm-hmm. on these on these uh these tablets like uh i have a uh, one of the very basic cintiq tablets mm-hmm. um and it's so much easier than like having like i know like comic book artists and stuff they're, they're like constantly taking pictures of themselves in different poses and mm-hmm. then and then being like oh well like the pose wasn't right so then they have to like take they spend all this time taking photos to use as reference and like they're not even at the drawing stage yet mm-hmm. um so yeah like just having the internet available for like references is a huge game changer and it's made it so much easier for me to learn like mm-hmm. as a very beginner yeah that's rad I'm bad at drawing. I'm never going to be good at it. So <laughs> I'm glad other people are. There's a lot of good visuals in this episode, though. Yeah. Uh, when we watched it earlier, I was saying there's a scene towards the end um, where Jake gets really small and he's standing next to a yeah. rose. And I'm like, that would be a great tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many cool shots when they're in like the recording studio yeah. of like crazy technology and they're like the camera's like the whole swinging around. The whole temple of sound is what it's called. That whole sequence, Swand. Swand. yeah, that's a, is really cool. It's a classic Adventure Time thing where they they get there, they walk through the forest. Now it's sunset, and they're there, and they say it like you're supposed to know what it is, or you've been there. And there's like these new looking people inside in lab coats. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was really delightful that whole sequence. Um, yeah, they go into the room and they go into a recording studio, um, led there by their listening to their heartbeat and following it with what made them happy. <laughs> and then they, um, Bimo is able to, has like a quarter inch jack in, in the side of him and it, it, uh, it, it goes out into a bunch of amps and it makes them feel good right here. <laughs> <laughs> they really cater this episode to us in this room specifically yeah. where I'm like, I've been in a studio and I've been like, this sounds great in the studio. Yeah. And then you get the mix and you're like, oh, no. Well, Finn, <laughs> Finn is almost like an experienced producer where they're all sitting there hearing the sounds of the amp. And they're like, this makes me feel good. And he's like, yes, but we have to make sure that it forces the people to be happy. To be happy. And that was so interesting for, for me, like as a songwriter, 
like I usually write sad songs. Um, I usually write happy songs. If I'm happy. I don't want to write songs. If I'm sad, I need to write songs to, to express myself in a way that's beyond regular language. Sure. But that's like a big thing. Like, I think that like a, a sad person might hear one of my sad songs and it resonates because I was really sad when I wrote it. But if I was like, I'm going to write a song that makes people sad or like, I'm going to write a song that makes people happy. And I didn't have like the, the, the emotional resonance to back it up. I don't think I would actually write that song. Like, you know, we all have intent, yeah. but I think yeah. you also have to be able to back it up with like what you like feel and James Baxter doing his thing, just great at it. And then Finn's when, when Finn and Jake try to originally recreate it and they just we're going to force just do what James does. It doesn't work. It's just like an image, but it's a good starting point. Yeah. And they build on it and you kind of it's almost like them failing further emboldens them to be like, all right, we have to we have to go deeper. We have we have to keep going. Um, and they wind up making their own thing that's cool and maybe not as good as James Baxter's thing because James Baxter's just the man slash horse. But you know. <laughs> oh, you should have said at the beginning, this isn't a, a podcast for humans and dogs and horses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's go back. We'll start it again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Take three. Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs and horses. I'm Eric the Human. I'm Nick the Human. I'm Craig the Horse. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We, we did it. We're back. I will say it's interesting. Jake says to Finn, if you want to learn how to shred, you don't learn somebody else's solos. You learn how to solo like yourself. But it's interesting is because like they do kind of learn James Baxter's yeah. solo and in my experience, you kind of do have to learn someone else's solo. Yeah, I, I, that's a well. This is interesting. I will say, I, creativity probably works different for lots of other people. Yeah, I started, especially with my journey in music, mm-hmm. was I just wanted to write songs and be in a band and play shows. So even through college, when Eric and I played, I, that I was just like, I want to keep going, keep going, and eventually, I was like, I realized I was like, I don't know enough to write good songs or like. I remember, I think the first guitar solo, like you helped, we like wrote together and you were showing me, you're like, yeah, you're like, yeah, that's like a guitar move. And I was like, oh, I don't know the guitar moves. <laughs> and then afterwards, yeah, I learned a shitload of solos. And then all of a sudden it was like unlocking the secrets to me. And then mm-hmm. I could like do the things I wanted to. So for me, learning someone else's solos helped me shred way harder, but other people yeah. get stuck in that zone maybe. So, well, before we started recording today i literally just showed you a demo of mine where i'm like i'm trying to write an agrolite song yeah (laughs) so yeah i mean i'm still i still do it all the time constantly it's good practice to like get in somebody else's mind to get inside james baxter and they were like what is he doing that we're not doing i think is the question but then at the end he just is like very distinct and like not like you're not going to imitate him and you might not even be a successful but I agree. Like, I think imitation is a great place to start. Or if you're stuck or sometimes if I'm writing lyrics, if I'm listening to a song, I will just play that song on repeat for like an hour because like I, it just kind of put me in the zone. And I'm yeah. like, but anytime I've ever tried to like rip something off, it never sounds like the thing. Right. Yeah. I think that's yes, th- that's an important tool that I use a lot where it's like you analyze someone else's song and then you try to replicate it and then it's going to go through your own filter anyway Mm. so i'm just like yeah let me just fucking copy their shit i know i'm not going to nail it it's going to sound like me 
so it, it usually works out that way. Um, I think I told you, like, I just, I did that with uh, Jeff Rosenstock's 9 out of 10. Oh, oh here's, nice. here's our Jeff Rins. Oh, boy. Jeff Rins. Okay. Yeah, I think that's such a pretty song. And I was like, I want to write Jeff Rosenstock's 9 out of 10. And I did. It doesn't sound like that, but it does follow, like, a kind of formula. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't, we talked. I didn't talk about this on air last time, but last episode with Carol, um, we talked about after and I showed you a song that I had written and I had, it was a song that I couldn't figure out for like a year. The lyrics, I wrote like 40 things and couldn't, mm-hmm. and I got this Jeff Tweedy songwriting book and his view on it. He was like, if you're stuck, just open a book and go to any random book and then just start singing your melody along to the words in the book. Mm-hmm. And I did that like five times. And then, I like changed like a couple words, but a lot of the lyrics came from that. And that's sort of like straight lifting, borrowing. Like I'm like the best line of the song. is pretty much like something Dylan Thomas wrote like forever ago <laughs> um, out of some book I found on the street. So yeah, but then it ended up morphing into its own thing. I don't mm-hmm. think anyone would ever draw it back to that. Yeah, well, if you have ever read like Jesse Cannon's book, Processing Creativity, the front of the book, it's like all copyrighted band logos. And he was like, I hope someone sues me. And he's like, I think copyright is so stupid. <laughs> like you look at like, you know, Paramore just sued Olivia Rodrigo for uh-huh. having a part of a song that sounds like misery oh. business. And I'm like, OK, but like a- another thing that happened with the Olivia, Olivia Rodrigo album, because every song does sound like another artist. Like there was like one where she's like ripping off Elvis Costello and Elvis Costello's response was, I probably ripped off someone else. So I'm yeah, glad someone yeah. else is using it. I think I think Haley Williams was pretty amicable about that eventually. Like I think once they were like, well, yeah, I mean, like, give us some credit, but like it happens, so no big deal. Yeah, yeah. There. I mean, do you watch Adam Neely's videos at all? I know the name. Uh, he's like a music theory YouTuber. Uh, he just did one about uh, Dua Lipa's "Levitating," which mm-hmm. like rips oh. off like a dozen other songs. Right, but there's that reggae band <laughs> that's like the for- at the forefront of the lawsuit right yeah and there's no way that this band has a legitimate claim no to- but it does sound like it like it does but like it sounds like a bunch of other things too yeah. and for the white reggae band from florida to be the ones like going after it, it is is silly yeah i like that song i like dua lipa she's great that yeah. song is so much fun to play uh, our the wedding band, the Chromantics play that song. That's the one that doesn't make you hate yourself when you're. You're in a wedding band. band? Yeah, <laughs> the Chromantics. You can hire us for weddings and events all over the Eastern Seaboard. Is that like? Are you leading the charge, or are you just like playing guitar or something? I formerly was the substitute bass player, mm-hmm. and I have been promoted to full time lead guitar player. Oh, wow. full time now. I didn't I didn't know if you were alternate or what. Yes. It was a good career uh upward. You started as a temp and they moved you to perm and, and promoted you, obviously a guitar cooler <laughs> than the bass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although all respect due to the, the four string gods, you know. Yeah, of course. But back to the but that leads into so they go into the recording studio yes. Adventure Time, the Sue End, what a sound. And <laughs> they get there in like half stacks, full stacks, yeah. you know, pedals and Oh yeah, there's like pedals just like line six helixes all over the floor <laughs> really funny uh yeah and they and they're working on stuff and they do a whole like, it's a fun uh i can't remember everything they did and it's like really weird but they do a little short montage of them in the mm-hmm. studio working yeah. on things bmo's got like tape going into like a little synthesizer i don't know if it's going into bmo that 
they're working on. And then they end up with a schematic yeah. where, where they're explaining the sounds they made, which is like a really interesting way to have processed that. Um, I liked how they, like, uh, what Finn was like, I, I made this, like, I, like, I did this to the, like, let's move a part over. And then, yeah. and, and I've been in a, in a studio where like someone talks like that. And then the other thing was, yeah. uh, Jake was like, I made that by doing that. And like, they really nail the vibes of a studio where someone <laughs> is like really focused and has good insight and someone else is just talking. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And you kind of, everyone's you just, you let them, everyone say their piece. So then everyone's happy. And not forcing, uh, yeah. Yeah, but we should Google if the schematic is real. Google theme song, Eric. Google, Google, do you have the answers that I see? Google, Google, when I talk to friends, are you listening? When I sleep at night and dream, are my innermost desires just projected on listen to this whole song uh yeah that schematic is for a guitar amplifier it is yep oh, any, that's really funny any specific one a class a push-pull amplifier with a two-stage preamp using pentode vacuum tubes oh just like a good old classic guitar amplifier mm-hmm. i like a thing that a lot of music studios do they have like amps everywhere but it's like more decoration and i'm like do you ever use that amp and they're like well that one's really old so if you plug it in you're gonna get electric <laughs> yeah and like oh you just like how it looks like that yeah and yeah in my rehearsal studio i have a bunch of amps that don't work they're just <laughs> well they're going to get fixed yeah i do want to bring my tube amp it's too loud for here so you should i want to bring it into the studio yeah i have how many i have like a lot like that whole wall is like just filled with amps and half of them don't work i'm yeah i mean maybe the eventually their tables it's fine i guess right yeah <laughs> eventually i'll learn how to like fix them maybe <laughs> yeah of course of course okay. yeah. until until then you just keep piling up but they yeah. do look cool like every studio has to have like i think like a good studio probably has five amps that don't work that are just around and like a really good studio probably has like 15 to 20 amps that don't work that are yeah around. well yeah. it's probably a smart business tactic i wonder as now someone who's never owned or operated a studio i would go like okay what are the things i need to have and then but then what would be fun for the clientele I feel like it's like, okay, cool. We just got to get a million guitar pedals and guitar amps because that's what <laughs> they're going to want to spend their time on. Yeah. Make sure you charge hourly though. Yeah. <laughs> Wall of synths. And like usually like all, yeah, all you just need like a 57 and a 47 or something. <laughs> wow. um, but there's another part where uh, Finn says you're building it up too much, which I thought was oh, funny. Yeah. I think in the studio, this people is going to yeah. change everyone's lives when they hear this. <laughs> When they see this, this is going to be the one it's going to be I've, like one time I was in a studio and we're like listening back to what we did for the day. And we're like, it's going to be so weird hearing this on the radio one day. I'm like, that band did not even do well on anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I like the sad girl character. Oh, she's good. What does she say? She, she's my favorite line. I think of the episode, which is I'm just a very sad girl. <laughs> more 
batteries. Did, did it get that that last joke? Because it was pretty good. It's a pretty funny joke. I hope so. Last time it, it did this though, it it saved it like stopped recording, saved the file. Okay. What the fuck? Is All right, we're back recording. Okay, we're back. <laughs> we talked about. Um, I'll give a different version technical of a thing. This yeah. is the most technically difficult episode we've ever recorded. I don't under. This is really bumming me out. I asked you specifically before coming here if you had everything well, you what, needed. What do you want me to do? You have a lot of batteries. <laughs> this is our third time. I, I literally stocked up on batteries, but I. Th- I want you to have a USB C cable. Is but that what doesn't I want. power it. No, use it, it as. An interface connected to your laptop. That's why you're the sound person. But I still think it'll need uh, batteries to operate. That should be bus powered. Mm. All right. Well, let's try it. Yeah. Okay. I'll get the I'll get the cable. (laughs) (laughs) I've never had this issue. We haven't had this issue before. So I'm not an astrology (laughs) person. This never happened before. (laughs) I'm not an astrology person, but Mercury is currently in retrograde. And for some reason, when I saw like a news alert, like the Mercury is in retrograde, I just knew that this particular like bout of mercury being in retrograde would be absolutely terrible. And I'm having like the worst time, oh, like not yeah. on this podcast, but in general, sure. everything is like, like my fiance got our car stuck on a curb oh, on okay. Friday. Now <laughs> I messaged you about this. We almost <laughs> yes. had to postpone the podcast because I had to call a tow truck. She called me and she's like, I might've broken our only car. And it was just, it was an easy mistake. It was like a curb yeah. dividing a parking lot and it got stuck and we called the tow truck and, the tow truck driver was great because he his first line, like I told you, he was like, he said, this is going to be a lot of work, but I must do it. And I was like, every tow truck driver I've ever interacted with, that is the energy. What are you going to say? They can be rude to you because like you need them. Yeah. I love that there's a job where someone could just be really like unpolished and just authentically like, this is going to be terrible. I have to fix. Obviously, I have to like build a winch to get your car off the curb. It yeah, must gr- be done. But. Yeah, they're like, I'm gonna do it, but it sucks. <laughs> I wonder if animators can be that way. Like, no one else is gonna draw Ariel 45 times for this one minute scene. Yeah, people definitely do that. I feel like people, even in the corporate world, I don't know if, if you've experienced it, Craig, but like, I, and, you know, I guess it's like your sound guy, where it's the kind of the thing where it's like, if I put up the front of like, ugh. People won't ask me to do things, which is classic sound guy behavior. Oh man, the, the grumpy sound guy. Yeah, stereotype. that happens. I think that happens kind of everywhere. But tow truck that that sounds like. Who else endemic. does this tow truck driver? I think probably like any chef mm-hmm. could mm-hmm. could put out this kind of like, "What are you gonna do?" Like, I have a lot of hard work to do. I've I've been yelled at by bartenders before. They they definitely it's a tough job sometimes yeah. though. Yeah. I've never attended bar, but I've been to a lot of bars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, All right. We were, we were talking about the 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 girl screaming. She had a great scream. Oh yeah, she's very uh, sad. Just a very sad girl, and then later she's happy. I had another James Baxter story that. I, oh yeah. Kind of. Well, I was watching uh, the YouTube channel Defunct Land, which is about like oh I like businesses that. and stuff, and they talk about the worst Disneyland ride ever, which is called Superstar Limo. And there's this like absolutely bonkers like news story from like early 2000s with like everyone like the cast of the Drew Carey show going on the ride and like trying to be (laughs) excited about it. But it's like a really bad ride for a variety of reasons. But at the time, Disney and DreamWorks had a feud and uh, James Baxter has worked at both. I think he was working at DreamWorks at the time. I could be wrong. And they were going to put a sign in the ride that said Dream Jerks. It was like 
like you know if, but then they were decided like that they could like since they were like feuding it was maybe bad to do that they don't want to get sued yeah wow. i wonder if james baxter knew about superstar limo he must have man i love i like amusement i like defunct i like because i like as a kid i went to a lot of amusement parks with my family so i like the lore around like learning about it and like things that went right or wrong or abandoned you remember that movie Adventureland? Is that- yeah, I never saw it. Haha, we're from Long Island. Yeah. And we've been to the real Adventureland a billion times. Yeah, my sister worked there. <laughs> wow. Like oh doing, doing like rides and stuff. She's like from the movie. She fucking hated it. Yeah. Oh, I thought everyone loved working there. It seems so magical. I thought you were going to say she fucked Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> yeah, he was there when we were kids. He used to hang around. No. <laughs> I love that they, they, they called it Adventureland. I'm like, that's just the name of the place. Yeah. I don't know how they, uh, well, they, they got away with they that. They said it in Pennsylvania, I think, but it was based on the Long Island spot. The name Adventureland is so general and it's like they hurt their business or anything. But I like that later they had Jesse Eisenberg in Zombieland, which is the same movie, but with zombies. <laughs> it's like way better, too. <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, what? I mean, so there's, I mean, there is, this was a, I said after I finished, I was like, this is a very fast episode because it's so jam packed. With fun things happening, mm-hmm. BMO. We get a lot of great BMO. We get BMO crying triangles, which is love it, which is great. Also, uh, BMO recording Finn and Jake while they're working out, they're workshopping their thing, um, and then it's like, why am I recording? So, like, so we can review back, and they review back, but they have to get into a tub because mm-hmm. BMO's excited about the tub, and then they start <laughs> and go, "Who's gonna scrub me?" And uh, and scrub is like scrubbing the footage, like going at different speeds. It was a pun. Yeah, <laughs> they did a word joke. Yeah, it was, was funny. That was good. Um, I have a criticism of the episode. Um, I feel like, and, and this is a criticism of uh, some of like the mid seasons of Adventure Time that they were not super creative with like Jake's animation, which is like maybe not the best criticism because I think there's just sometimes they're like really really strong with how they use Jake's stretching abilities, but like. Like every episode is going to be like perfect with that. Like that's got to be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. He, his two best moves in this episode were the butt cheeks suffocating. In the beginning, thing. which is like, <laughs> that's good. It feels like 90 seconds when I watch it. Yeah. That, now that you're saying it, they must have like, whoever's the showrunner at the time must have like, like a, like a, like a spreadsheet where they like have to check all the boxes on every episode, which is like, did Jake do a stretchy thing yet? Did we put that in here? <laughs> was Jake armor for Finn? Was Jake a horse? Was Jake yeah. a boat? So, so we get the butt cheeks going over Finn's face. <laughs> yeah. Which is like nuts for a kid's show. <laughs> it's weird. And then uh, we also get which a great line, which is after the ghost. We should, we haven't talked about <laughs> the ghost or the funeral or anything. Ghost. And the ghost uh, hits him and they fall into a crater and he says, all my squishy bones were broken. That was a good line. <laughs> that was a good line. And he's just like a blob it's good one-liners in this and then episode. what that leads to is him saying hey finn when we get to death world nine like listen for this knock there it is i learned that last night at one in the morning oh hell yeah <laughs> it was like me in bed alone a little drunk <laughs> i thought about how it, like would i do it two hands should i like tap on myself i put way too much thought into you do one-handed yeah Okay, I, I'll, I'll work on it on my own. Well, I'll do that. We'll we all die. It. We can find each other in the ninth yes. world. There's a lot of people there, so it's that's how we'll find each other. Rhythm yeah. dictation exercise. Um, and we could talk about what times we saw the best stories in the 2010s. <laughs> <laughs> um, question yeah. in in the distant lands, did uh, did he do that? Oh, I don't, my God. 
I don't remember. Were they ever in Death World 9? No. I don't think we talk about the ninth Dead World outside of this episode. There's other Dead yeah. Worlds we talk about. Yeah. I wonder why he chose 9. Was Jake friends with Death? Or was it like Peppermint Butler's friends with Death? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Peppermint yeah. Butler is, for sure. And they've met Death by this point. Like, they've been to down there uh, and they did the whole they've already like done the Sons dr- of Mars where Abraham Lincoln yeah they've done that they've also yeah. done the drum battle for the the battle of the bands with death yeah that's an earlier one he's just in that he just has a band well he, he does does he do the Dave Grohl 666 triple kick drum thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's very funny and they go down and it was like in order to not like to keep your soul you have to beat him in a rock off <laughs> God, the show's so good. And uh, and Finn, what does Finn do? I forget. It's like a triangle or something. Like it's like he does something, just doesn't work. And then, and then Death has just been waiting for this moment. And uh, and just because to, to close the loop on it, he's gonna take his soul. But then he mentions Finn mentions that he's friends with Peppermint Butler, and he's like, "Oh, I love that guy." <laughs> and then and then lets him keep his soul and gives him, I think, Jake's soul. And they're down there for somebody else's soul. I don't know. Oh, by the way, you see that um. Uh, Dave Grohl, the 666 bass drum, has been one-upped by none other than Weezer. What did they do? Did they do a thirteen twelve quadruple bass drum? No, they do W-E-E-Z-E-R. Oh, that's lame. They have five bass drums. So on, like Weezer to, to just do more than I want them to. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see if they use it. Uh, that's nice. Is so Patrick Wilson still playing drums? Or he's been playing guitar with them live more, right? They have another drummer. Now they have it on this tour where they're in, they're doing the the Fall Out Boy Green Day thing. And uh, it's still happening. In, I feel like that's been going on for like nine years. I know. Now they're doing it in Europe. And they have Dave Elich, who was in the Mars Volta. And he's also like an M83. He's just like a prolific session guy. I mm-hmm. guess because Josh Freese presumably was busy doing something else. <laughs> uh, but. We don't have to talk about that. Who plays drums in a, the Adventure Time bands? Do you have any drummers? Jake plays viola. Marceline plays bass. I guess Death. Death plays drums? Uh, I I think usually they have like BMO doing like a, like oh, a drum yeah, machine yeah. kind of thing. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And doing a good job. We should add. Um, or does Lumpy Space Princess you were doing a good job no 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 BMO okay I was like BMO's a good I'll just do some validation real quick I mean you've had a lot of technical difficulties and you're handling with a lot of grace <laughs> thank you I think LSP plays drums oh I do not trust her to drum for my band I think there's an episode where she's playing drums alright that... well, let's hear that not now but I want to hear that <laughs> my favorite LSP line is when she says she needs uh, waffles for her dump truck it's just very funny just yeah. a funny line um <laughs> A bunch of funny. I like this. There's lots of talk in this of your thing, like oh he's so cool. Like he's his thing is so great. Um, and then also asking about what people's deals are. Oh yeah, the ghost <laughs> is like you got you like messed with my deal. deal. And I wonder if it's because it was like his funeral and like they were Finn and Jake were trying to do their thing over the funeral. Yeah, and he's like, this is my deal. Then later when he's like, the ghost is like James Baxter, what's his deal? <laughs> Um, it's funny. It, it also is funny because you guys were talking about it as like a stand in for any sort of creative pursuit. Mm-hmm. Um, but their thing, cause they keep going, we need a thing that's like him. And I just kept going like, it's what even is James Baxter's thing? It's, <laughs> it's like, I guess just him going ar- around on this ball and making people happy. It's, yeah. it is weird. It's like barely a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. Well, yeah. Sometimes a thing is, I don't know. Like, no, it's true. Then that's that's why I started to be like, 
why is James, why is like a song more valuable than what James Baxter does? It might actually not be. He, he takes that thing on the road. I think it could also be like wearing a certain hat. Maybe you're the guy in the friend group who always wears like a hat. <laughs> That's true. That's his thing. He wears the hat. Or like yeah. always plays a pink guitar or like always wears boots. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, classic coming of age kind of storyline, finding out what your thing is. Yeah. It's just funny when the, the thing that you're trying to emulate is a horse bouncing on a beach ball. <laughs> well, they're trying to, I think it's more like the effect though, right? That yeah. he makes people happy. Yes. And like, a and like, but like you can't really imitate, they come up with their own thing, but you can't imitate it. And then, you know, there's the second James Baxter episode where James Baxter has to figure out his thing and he, does he want to keep doing it? Right. Which I didn't rewatch recently. So I like a half remember some of it. Yeah, I know. But I guess it, if if your thing is traveling around, oh, I I will say, oh shit, I can't remember. <laughs> I have a video on my phone somewhere, but uh, let's Google it. Let's play the song again. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but I saw a guy doing a thing on Greenpoint, uh, on Franklin Street, and he got fuck. What was he doing? He he had a soccer. He had a bike, and he stood on the bike, and and the bike was going in circles, and he was bouncing a soccer ball on his head and he was stopping traffic to do this <laughs> and everyone stood around and like clapped and then he got off the bike and then like kicked the bike into a garbage can that he had set up and then asked everybody for money how <laughs> would i give him if i had a dollar i would have given it to yeah him a that's a thing and <laughs> it was making everyone happy like all the wait staff at the restaurant stopped what they were doing and like we stopped our conversation me and my friend and we're like <laughs> It's pretty James Baxter-ish. No, it's me. not. It's more finicky because he overthought it. He had oh, a whole yeah. production. I'll t- like my favorite <laughs> New York street performer, like he, uh, he would like set up a lot in Soho and he would just be like break drums, which is just like, you know, metal and garbage. Mm-hmm. And he would just play break beats for, like 20 second intervals and he would stop and he would start it again. He would just like hit a thing like, you know, whatever. But like only for like 20 seconds. And like, I love that. What is that? He's not playing songs. No, he like has a bucket set up. But he like he never like talks to people from what I could see, but he just he has like a little setup and it's like no. And it's just the same thing over and over again in 20 second intervals. But like, I love it. But that's his thing. That's a good thing. There's no elaborate sign or costume. There's or... no like big song. He's not like trying to be extra weird. He's wearing the clothes that he wears, playing the things that he has. That's James Baxter. That's good. Yeah, that, that's different. There's one of the more memorable ones I've seen. I forget the guy's name, but he used to be on the JMZ train late at night. And he had like this whole... Perf- Jay-Z. Because, you know, he loved By the Trains. Did you know that? <laughs> he had a... Is that true? Yeah, that's how yeah. he his name. Yeah, I, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy had like hand puppets. Fuck, I wish I remember his name. Finn and Jake, for sure, if there's hand puppets. Yeah, right. It was hand puppets and he had this like decrepit outfit and he would like roll around on the ground and like scream and it was like this like weird performance art thing but uh yeah it was way more finn and jake the the pureness of the break drum just like setting and it's not hey look at me it's just like uh, it was like background but like yeah it's interesting and sometimes in greenpoint there's people who set up and play songs and there's like a very different energy for the person who's there to like make money Mm. and then there's some guys who are just sort of like I think that guy just felt like playing his songs today and like everyone was generally entertained by it versus the like aggressive energy of like someone singing at you. Yeah. Give me money. Yeah. On, on the E train, I I see a lot of the guys do their like subway 
pole dancing. Oh, dude, the Showtime guys. Yeah, and like I have some feelings. Their their vibes oh, are always like a little bit more aggressive than they should be. Oh, yeah, and yeah. like they're not always like as good as it as like they should be. And like I saw, I saw a guy do a flip on the off the poles, and then he like kicked the guy's phone out of his hand. <laughs> Like, it's the best you could hope for. <laughs> I have one good Showtime guy story, which is there was a train with not a lot of people, and there was some like kind of quiet shy kid who was like, "Can I try dancing?" And they were like, <laughs> "Yeah." And he, he like clearly had been like working on his own dance, and like he like kind of messed it up a bit, almost fell, but he made that like part of the dance, and it was just like nice. Wow. And I've seen the Showtime guys do a lot of not nice stuff. Yeah, but that was one of the nice times. That's amazing. And that I, guy, maybe more of like Finn and Jake trying to make their thing, but you have to start somewhere. But like, that's kind of cool in and of itself. That's really cool. I've I've been having a bad day and seen the Showtime guys and just gotten up and left. One time they were, I saw them getting on and I was just having like a really bad day, like, like post breakup or something. And I like looked over at the guy and he looked at me and I, we made eye contact and I went, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. And the other guys were like going, and he was, he looked at me and he just mouthed, I'm sorry. <laughs> and they started and I, and I, st- I stood up and moved. I love when like, like one stubborn person doesn't move. Cause it's never yeah. like no one moves. It's either the train's too crowded. People can't move. Or there's like one person who's always like very nondescript and like in the way, but like ignoring. Yeah. It's like, if you kick this guy in the face, shit's going to go down. Like, but he's not getting out of the way for it. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, anything this is, else from the episode? We want to this do? is we've this is some good episode discussion. <laughs> Let's talk about. Does anyone else here live in New York? Any trains that anyone wants to name drop? We got the A, we the got G. the B, we got the C. Uh, so later on, we're taking the G to the L. Yeah, is that, are, yeah. because you're going to see RX Bandit. Yes, yes. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Can't wait. They kind of like well, you know, they started as like a ska band, and you know, in Finn and Jake form, though I could say maybe they're more of a James Baxter. They like really made their own thing, and how it's so hard to describe them now. Like our expanded ska kids like them, but they're kind of just like groovy rock. Yeah, yeah, very talented, groovy prog rock. Like, yeah, they're very creative. They have their own thing. They've gone full James Baxter. They have a thing they do. They write the songs they wanted, but like it's very kept going. They started out as just a by the books third wave and band it, and it's, yeah i think it's great because you can draw a straight line from that by the books third wave scott to where they are now like yeah. it makes sense album to album the progression that they took to get where they are so yeah scott kids still like that band uh even though they don't sound anything like the way they started it yeah. it, it was a logical straight line to get there i think yeah which is fun you don't get a lot of bands where you can actually see that record to record you're just like following and like each one is a step i think it's because everyone just ignores like the first couple records that are like kind of meh yeah the weirdest one to me is like you know gaslight anthem i love that first record and like i saw them once and they were like this is like our lost record like no one cares about this record <laughs> but yeah the punks liked it but then i don't know yeah sound came out and everyone forgot about it yeah i mean that happens a lot I was thinking about that with uh, my Chemical Romance came back together, and I was like, "The oh. first album also is like forgotten." The yeah, I'm like, one. yeah, I'm like, "Oh yeah!" Like they don't even, pl- they never, like once they started going, they like didn't play like any songs off of it. None of those songs right. got big. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that happens. Yeah, I remember in high school, and that band was blowing up off of uh, Three Cheers, and like then I heard the 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 older stuff, and I was like, "Oh, this is better." Yeah, it's pretty sick. And it didn't go go any. It didn't get any traction. With <laughs> I don't know if it's better. Like I don't know. I liked it better. 
I think Black Parade, I, I love. Uh, Three Cheers, I love. The first record, I think like Gerard's still deciding like how he wants to sing and it's like a different drummer than they had. Yeah. There's cool stuff on it. There's promise and moments. Yeah, I think like maybe what you like so much is that it's like so fun. It's like so innocent. Like they don't know they're going to be a big band. Right. Gerard Way just decided he's not going to be an animator because I think he sold like the Breakfast Monkey. Like, yeah, that was the thing. He sold this Breakfast Monkey show to Cartoon Network. So it's all full circle. Oh, and then 9-11 happened. And then he was like, I don't want to be an animator. I want to be in a band. Mm -hmm. Dude, we should get Gerard on the podcast. Yeah, he's probably really (laughs) easy to. He lives in Jersey. Let's drive over. Yeah. Does he still live in Jersey? I don't know. Him and Danzig just live next to each other. (laughs) Just two Jersey guys. He must be out in LA now, but we can get him. I I know. We'll uh, just send him an email. Yeah. Danzig's in LA. I know. Oh, yeah. It's my friend uh, who loves metal. Like, like, he was like, I was in this Japanese grocery store and I saw Danzig buying beef. Oh, then they do. (laughs) That's funny. Checks out. (laughs) Maybe they do live next to each other. That would be nice. Uh, Charles in the Umbrella Academy. Is he involved in the show? Yeah. Nice, yeah. I haven't watched any of the third season yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that must have uh, helped with the long tail of my cam too, Umbrella Academy. Yeah, I know people are discovering the band off of the TV show, which is kind of funny. Well, I'm cooler because I discovered them on Fuse in 2006, so <laughs> I'm OG, so it's just different. Right. <laughs> Same. Burned. It was a burned CD for me. Uh, I know they're going to have that uh, song in... Clerks 3. Kevin oh, Smith yeah. keeps talking about it. Oh, really? That's yeah. nice. Because it's all New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, I'll see it. Yeah, sure. I, maybe. I'm surprised they're doing it, but I guess I shouldn't be. Um, <laughs> hey, we all got to pay for our kids' college degrees. Yeah. Um, yeah. I came back around on Kevin Smith. And I think I like it again. No, I like his stuff. I mean, his obviously movies? making art is hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really like his podcast because um, he just talks about stuff that isn't his. He's a really good speaker. He's yeah. very entertaining. He's like good at telling a story. Yeah. His co-host, Mark Bernardin, is actually a really interesting perspective on a lot of like things, like from the creative side of like writing a TV show. And he's got good analyses and uh, like how narratives are constructed. And I appreciate that, that kind of perspective. For sure. I have one more thing on the episode. Yes. I want to yes. Up. What's up with all like the grass dirt people? We never see them again. Yeah. They're just around. They, there's like a, they interrupt either. I have a couple thoughts. It's like a conference. It's either a poetry reading or a science conference, but I have, I just came up with like a, a theory onto what that could have been, which is they're plant people. And, the, and the, he's like reading different kinds of beetles. And I think they're talking about the threat that beetles pose to them as like plant people. Hmm. So it's a very somber conference. They're talking about their impending beetle doom. Yeah. I don't that was weird. But I also don't know because it's like it's like the like the D plot of the episode. Right. I like that backstory. (laughs) Me too. It's like who are the voice actors for those people? Like that's probably what they had to like prepare with. It's like their their characters history. What are my sides? (laughs) What's my motivation as a grass dirt person in this one (laughs) episode of Avenger Time? (laughs) What are those Pete? You're Googling it. Play the song. Play the four-minute version. Play the play the Dream oh, Theater yeah. version of the Google song. Rock people, tree people, grass people, and pizza people. They're called sassy people? Is that what I saw? Is that something else? <laughs> sassy people? Yeah, yeah, no, that was... The pizza people, a.k.a. sassy people? Or pizza people? A- expert... Oh, yeah, the expert pizza makers that own Pizza Sally's, which is a pizza parlor in Candy Kingdom. 
Oh, so they're in another episode and they're also in this episode. I just don't remember that because yeah, we wa- Eric and I did see that episode because we watched it and then got pizza afterwards because it made us hungry for pizza. Well, how did you come to that decision? Oh, the episode it's the same. So, okay, so they were making the pizza and it's the same person that's working in the sound place. Whoa, look at that. So here's them in the pizza place and they look like that. Oh, and yeah. And then here's them in the sound. Uh, yeah. They're people, they look like they have like a, like a winter coat on and it's like furry, but like just the fur part around their faces. Yeah. Wow. It's interesting. Interesting. Man, remember season one of Adventure Time? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right. Eric, did you see the snail? I think the snail song is probably my favorite of the songs he made for this podcast. <laughs> Short and sweet. It's like the feedback. I'm like it immediately has like I think like a real feel to it. You know, I, I recorded screams on it like backing, and I did like I don't know forty takes, and my roommates were just like <laughs> in Austin were just like what the f- fuck, and then they heard the song, they're like that's what you. But I was like, dude, my my screams aren't blending with Eric's. Like they, I I had to like. Sing with a different point of my voice. I love art because, like, if you're a creative person who does artistic things, like, you just always have, like, you have to pour your heart into something that is, like, kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, last time I recorded Screams, it was for a remix of a Spanish Love Songs song that was never released. Uh, my friends made a hyper pop version of Buffalo Buffalo by Spanish Love Songs. I could share it with you. I want to hear that. It's cool. It's a good, like, I don't Dylan's voice from that band Hyperpop is interesting, but like they did a great job arranging it. Like I love the arrange, like that take of the song. So I'll share that with you. And in the background, I screamed and I don't think they used it. Oh, no. Dang. Wait, let's get back. Eric, did you see the snail? No, I did not see the snail. Craig, did you see the snail? No, I forgot it was a thing. <laughs> it happens. Nick, did you see the snail? No. Well, fuck everyone. Too much going on in this episode. Like, it's just, yeah. I heard that James Baxter animated the snail in this episode. Did you really? No, I mean, that <laughs> didn't happen. I gotcha. <laughs> oh, you have a, a B for that. Do you have yeah. like a version if you have seen it or if you haven't seen it? Yes, absolutely. There's there's a version, if Nick sees it, that I wrote for him. There's a version if that I saw that Nick wrote for me. And then there's a... a, a con- like a full fucking like minute and a half like victory theme song if everyone sees it we don't get to play that very often <laughs> no <laughs> that's the fun of it yeah yeah um before miscellanea mania if you're enjoying the podcast please give us five stars on whatever podcast app you're listening to if you want to support the podcast anchor.fm slash adventure guys podcast um you can go on there and give us money each month which would be cool and we'll use that money uh, to buy possessions or information or space in the internet. But Eric's got that new job working for Goldman Sachs, so we don't even need them. I'm kidding. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I already rated you five stars. I can't do it again. Ah, <laughs> but thanks. if you're someone who's just, I mean, if you've listened this far, you could probably rate it. But I have a friend who just started a podcast and they were asking for five stars. And I was like, just if you start an episode and then jump to the middle, then you can rate it. But if you've never listened to the podcast, you can't just rate it. So you should obviously listen to your friend's podcast if you want to. But if you just want to give them a nice rating because you're friends, you could just skip to the middle. Pro tip right there. Take that, Spotify. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. 
It is. Uh, we're not on Spotify because uh, Joe Rogan is on Spotify and we refuse to be on the same platform as him. Yeah, that's why I only put my stuff on Amazon Music. I'm much, I'm much more ethical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's never been an ethical way to release music. <laughs> Apple or bust. That was funny when Neil Young's like, I'm on Spotify, but you can get me on Amazon Music. I'm like, wow, yeah. Neil Young, thanks for taking a stand. Yeah. Another platform that also doesn't pay their artists. This is great. <laughs> or their workers. Yeah. Is our podcast on Tidal? I don't think so. They I don't have listen podcasts? to your podcast on Deezer, personally. You do? I've never oh. once. We're on De- I think we're on Deezer. <laughs> we're all on Deezer. Yeah. Because DistroKid puts you everywhere, yeah. whatever yeah. you use. Yeah. Uh, people listen to us on some on, on some crazy shits, though. Let me pull it up. Um, I, if Okay, I actually do want to put this onto the pod, because if you're listening to us on some of these, like, these, like, obscure platforms, I want to know about it. Um, where's the, where's the goddamn analytics? And the way you can tell us is you could tweet at the podcast or tag in an Instagram story or here, let me tell you Nick's address. You could just come to his apartment and knock on the door and, and say what weird app you used to listen to the podcast. All yeah. of those work or email us at, did you see the mail at gmail.com? Oh yeah. <laughs> also, it's interesting is now more than the Apple podcast app, there's people listening to us on like the other weird services, which are like, Okay. Four percent, three percent of our listeners listen to us on Podbean. Three percent Overcast, two percent on Stitcher. Stitcher, I've I used. Six percent on Podcast Addict. I've and then never heard of that. Four percent on Google Podcasts, and then thirteen percent on even further ones. Which is was that know. like an amalgamation? On 13%? yeah, thirteen percent okay. of other things that the, the, this thing this thing only gives you like eight of them. Yeah, pretty pretty crazy stuff. Uh yeah, I don't know. Tell me if you listen to us on Podbean or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I have an Otterbox. Nick, I didn't know you were a cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> Nick just launched his phone into the floor. <laughs> After I d- dropped my full cup of water before. You have the Chris Farron cup. Yes, the, the, cup. the cup, which we haven't talked about, but I got the cup. We've talked about the cup. We have. We've definitely talked about the cup. How I can got, you not talk about the cup? I got it when Mara was here. I played a fake problem song for someone recently and they were like, that's Chris Farron. And I was uh-huh. like, I, that's just what Chris Farron was to me for a long time. I don't know. Yeah, I know. He's like, he's less growly now. He's still growly sometimes though. We all get older. It gets hard. I get it. Yeah. He was real growly back then. Yeah. Um, we can do, let's miscellaneous mania just cause we do it every episode, but I think we already did every mania. Yeah. So this was storyboarded by Pendleton Ward and Somvalet's Iophany. Yeah, which is a, you know, Pendleton Ward actually doing an episode is kind of a rare occurrence. Oh, the famous guest star James Baxter, Pendleton Ward's uh, idol. Oh, he's back. He's back, baby. Um. Oh, I mean, so I guess what's interesting, we didn't talk about the skeleton in the funeral. Which is a which is a whole weird thing. It looks like a person died, and it was a funeral for him. But instead of him being a person, he's now this like possessed, like Dia de Muertos, fucking. It was like skeleton. yeah, the skull had like sugar skull vibes. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that was a whole thing. Uh, we didn't talk about it. But the ghost is made of milk. That was interesting. Well, the ghost can shoot milk ah. out of its mouth, but we don't know if the ghost is made of milk. Good point. It's a huge assumption. There. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if this is intentional, but it's definitely true. Uh, the noise that Finn and Jake make when they figure out their thing is the guitar sound in Manfred Mann's Blinded by the Light. Oh, that's cool. Oh, oh that's, you know, it's uh, when I watched it earlier, I was like, I know that from somewhere. <laughs> it, it, it's it, a little thought, bit like Don't Stop Believing the Guitar Solo. I thought it was just like stock guitar solo <laughs> shit. It reminded me of like a college acapella group singing a guitar solo in like falsetto. Yeah. Everyone's uh, favorite. Oh, here's, here's something, Craig, that you said watching it, that Finn and Jake, when they're impersonating, they're trying to do James Baxter. Mm-hmm. It's actually voiced by James Baxter. It's, it yeah, sounds, it, it, you said that and I was like, oh, that sounds correct because they sound so, it sounds like him. Finn, I could see the voice actor like doing it, but the, the Jake does not sound like, uh, what's his name? It doesn't sound like that. Yeah. I can't find confirmation on that, but I believe it to be true. Jake. Yeah. That's the third pair of new batteries. Well, you know, that those devices were made by the same people who manufactured the Sega Game Gear. The what? The Sega Game Gear? Sega's oh. Game Boy thing that required six uh, AA batteries. <clears throat> Is it just dying? Are the batteries, like, literally the reason? I don't know why else it could be dying. Did you really get those AA batteries for $1.39? Yeah. Yeah, they're probably shitty batteries. Okay. Oh, my God, that could explain it. That's really cheap for a lot of batteries. <laughs> Wait, when do they expire? <laughs> I hope you're recording still. Yeah, I've got to back we up. We should do our ending thing on the, on the phone. <laughs> does it say expiration of batteries? Usually it does. There are still ones say best Dude, $1.39 for how many batteries? Six. Yeah, Mercury's in retrograde. You can't fuck around with batteries. That's outrageously cheap. I, I actually didn't even know how much they cost. I just went to the store and was like, give me some double A's. What? Yeah, dog. You gotta buy some better batteries. Well, I'm sure you weren't like you'd be the cheapest batteries. You're like, do you have any batteries? Well, they were like, like do you want Panasonic or Duracell? And I was like, which one's cheaper? <laughs> Panasonic. That sounds cool. Well, Panasonic's like a real brand. I, I, I was like, these aren't fucking Chuck Fuck middle nowhere batteries. I only use Chuck Fox. <laughs> uh, we keep recording. I'm gonna turn this back on, but we'll. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, dog. Batteries are expensive. Apparently. That's why I try to steal my parents' batteries. We're recording again. Yeah. So this is now the one, two, three, four, fourth, fourth set, set of yeah. double A batteries for one podcast episode. <laughs> Holy shit! It's because I'm like sucking the energy out of the room. No, I'm kidding. This is fucking gnarly. It's like I feel like every time you change it. Like you lose something of yourself. It's bumming me out. Like you, you, you have a smile, but I think that. Well, I mean, it's fine. At least, at least I have all these batteries. Although on the floor, uh, if you heard it, they're uh, <laughs> they they were a dollar thirty nine for six of them. So I guess 
jokes on me. <laughs> this uh, episode is sponsored by Panasonic Batteries, $1.39 for 12, and they last for that amount of minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Legit. That last one was 24 max. Yeah. So what else do we want to say before it just dies again? Any other uh, miscellaneous mania? That was all the mania, I think. Um, let's pick an episode for next week or two weeks or three weeks or whatever the fuck we're going to record. What are we going to watch next week? What are we going to watch? In my head, you had like you built a whole random number generator thing that corresponds to episodes. And you had this like very interesting system that you could like also like focus only on certain seasons to make it more interesting. But I feel like that's not what you have. No, not at all. Well, it's not nearly as sophisticated. We, a fan of ours did buy build that for us. That's nice. But it, we can't get it to work on our computers. Yeah. Um, um, what's the number? Uh, so, OK, 204 is what I got. We did. Oh, pick- no, we haven't done it. It's football. Yeah. Oh no, we're not going to do that. That's a BMO episode, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, you're saying for BMO? November. Yeah, that know. that's a prime BMO Vember episode. Yeah. Um, so let's veto that. So okay, we picked an episode last time that we didn't do in oh, favor. Oh yeah, is that what we want to go back to? We should probably do that. Do we remember what it was? No, you can go back and figure it out. I mean, we should tell our listeners. Oh, actually, I can figure it out. One second. <laughs> actually, I don't know if I can. Was it good or should we just pick another one anyway? I don't know, man. 256? Okay. That's good. This is, this is quicker. Oh, Elements Part 3, Winter Light. You should probably do all the elements in order. That would be interesting, right? No. We we nothing did them backwards. Nothing annoying. <laughs> yeah, that'd be more interesting. <laughs> 2413. <laughs> I want to do the mini series after we finish. I want to go back and do a mini series series, and then on each after we finish <laughs> elements and <laughs> islands was the other one. Is yeah. there another one? Oh, the Marceline one is my favorite. The vampire one. Yeah, yeah. We've done a few of those. How many? What episode is this that we're on right now? Eighty three or something? Yeah. So we've got two hundred more to go plus. Uh, one more distant land. Uh, we've got more than two hundred. This lands the Fiano and Cake. We've got we've already got a couple of side quests we already committed to. So. Oh yeah. Um. Cool. Well, before we go, two hundred weeks from now. Yeah, Craig, tell you were telling us a bit about you've got some projects coming. Oh, I got some projects. Plug it. Uh, my name is Craig Shea, and I have a solo EP that's going to come out. I just got the mixes done. I'm going to get it mastered, and then I have to come up with a release plan. Um, <laughs> yeah, which uh, I'm going to watch. Jesse Cannon has a bunch of good videos on, on YouTube about that. So I'm going to watch all of that. Um, and yeah, come and I, I do like I, I shot a bunch of footage in the in the studio, which is always like such an easy music video because studios always look so cool. Like we were saying, you just have like a bunch of broken amps everywhere. They'll look really cool. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, single solo stuff. Uh, and I also have my band's Cold Rex. Um, and, and like, there's just some positive life stuff happening. So we're, we have a show coming up on Coney Island, uh, August 6th, which is a Saturday oh, with hell Mephiscopheles yeah. and up oh, for nothing. Right on. And I think early risers playing that also. And then the day before that, August 5th, my band answering machine is playing at bar Frida in Ridgewood. And I can't remember who else is. Oh, uh, Zach from good looking friends. They're a great band. They're, he's playing the solo set. So that's going to be great. So yeah, my bands, everyone like moved or is like doing 
grown up stuff so we're playing sometimes but that's why i'm doing a solo thing there you go yeah and i play everything on the ep i play drums bass acoustic guitar stylophone banjo glockenspiel i was so tired because usually in the studio you do your thing and you get to rest and someone and it was just like all right craig you're done with the drums let's do the guitar <laughs> sweet yeah but it, it's coming out great i'm really excited it, to share it with are everybody. you doing solo shows uh just you or are you gonna have a band probably gonna be just me i like playing acoustic though like i played an acoustic show uh back in i think april and like it was just all good vibes and i was like i kind of like this i think i could pull it off so we should book some shows together i'm doing solo shows now too yeah yeah for sure yeah i have this idea of like an artist only like it's a show but there's no audience and it's just in my basement (laughs) oh i like that you guys want to do that we Mm -hmm. could just do or like maybe we get like 10 acts and everyone plays three songs and we just hang out in my basement in westchester yeah that's the show my dog my dogs are there (laughs) That sounds like a good time Hell yeah. to me. Yeah, it was an idea I had because I'm like, I want to play shows, but there's COVID. Okay, artists only. <laughs> yeah, and it's, well, you could do it like you only only can play songs you haven't recorded yet or something like work in progress show. Ooh, that could be interesting, a theme. I have this other show idea where like it's a gig and we get and the band sets up and you take your time to set up. And then right before I start, it's like, oh, I dropped my jewel. Can someone help me find it? And then we spend the entire set like looking for a jewel that doesn't exist. I really want to do that. Uh, my other idea is we all get to the show and it's like, what if we don't play music? And instead we all just go play kickball. Everyone. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I played a show once. Uh, it was amazing because it was like a DIY house show mm-hmm. and it started off with a kickball game. And this was in Iowa. Uh, this was 2016. I was touring solo, just acoustic. Mm-hmm. By my, like I was the only person in the van. I was totally crazy for doing this but yeah this was like the show that gave me hope again like the tour was like kind of miserable for like weeks just by myself like playing like coffee shops that were mm-hmm. mostly empty and then i got to this uh this diy scene in the middle of iowa and they were like oh yeah we're gonna start everything with a kickball game like the guy had like this huge open field because it's iowa yeah. like and uh it was so much fun. And then everyone was like, you know, all like worn out. And and so we go back into the house, like, and then there's drinks for everyone. And like, because there was a kickball game that was like advertised, like so many more people came out. Kickball game. This is fucking, what a great idea. We yeah. haven't played kickball forever. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I wrote a song about it. It was on uh, my album, Pack Rat. It was called uh, the DIY Iowa Kickball League. That's great. So my <laughs> solo piece is going to be called Sadly Yes, but then me and Eric are going to put out a split that's actually just a kickball game. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that as like coming up with fun things to actually get people to come to the shows. It's like I'm playing a show. Uh, cool. Kickball game beforehand. <laughs> I've hung out with my bands more than we've practiced this year. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, okay with it. It's like, oh, we just get along. That's nice. Playing bands with your friends. That is success. Success is a lie. You get the numbers on Spotify and you just want more numbers. It's nonsense. (laughs) It's true. Um, Fuck yeah. That's a good. That's good. Hey, that like full circle and some creativity shit there. Have a good time doing it. Make people happy. Yeah, any band I've ever been in where there's like someone who wants to be successful is it's like it doesn't there. It's always less successful than my other stuff. It's like you could have just had fun and it would have been better. Yeah. Right. You can want to be good. Yeah, yeah. And have fun. And if you do that, then I mean, success is in the hands of the gods to an extent. Like you can do, you do the things and the, the marketing plans and have fun. But like willing yourself into like this, like career success is very uh, impossible. Tra- it's lightning in a bottle. If it happens, it happens. But just try to do your best. And it's always going to be work to some degree. But try to make it the least work possible. Yeah, right. I So now that I'm in New York, like 
I've been like networked with like a bunch of people that just sink so much money into their bands, like mm. hoping for the one thing to go viral or whatever. It's like, but w- wouldn't you rather do it cheaper and more rather than like try one thing and like spend thousands of dollars on it and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. And, but you only did one thing. It's like, do it cheap and do it as much as possible has always been my ethos. And yeah. really, like, failure is, like, such an important part of music. Because I think if we were talking, like, all the Bad Time Records bands, like, I've played shows with those bands with, like, no one there. And, like, but that builds so much character. And then you have to learn how to play shows for three people. Mm-hmm. And then you get good no matter what. And then and then it all kind of worked out. Like, all those people networked. And now, like, they have this new, almost, like, wave of ska, Bad Time Records. And I love it. Here, here. Yes. Yes. Ska, 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 ska. We got the ska talking at the end because we because of the technical difficulties it always it always finds its way it's gonna be here um well all that shit's cool i'm looking forward to going to one of those shows uh thanks for coming and uh yeah. and driving over here this is a blast thanks for your patience too oh, this shit fucked up uh <laughs> thanks for listening i'm gonna write a very mean email about all the technical oh, difficulties yeah yeah you better check your inbox bro oh, God. okay <laughs> um okay eric anything else i think that's it okay go, go see the rs bandits yeah we're going right now See you right, Peace out, y'all. This, this can be a little bonus clip. Uh, so we are post RX Bandit show. This is Adventure Guys bonus clip. <laughs> yes. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say, what's funny about the show is that the band, that band is buried so deep into my psyche that it's like, they were playing. It wasn't even hitting me. Like, oh, I'm seeing RX It's just like, oh, yeah, this is just... It's just, this is just what I just see these guys. You know what I, you know what I mean? I, yes, exactly. So uh, they they were playing like progress songs, right? And like they start playing consequential apathy, and I'm I'm realizing, holy shit, this one song has been in the DNA of every piece of music I've written for the last twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. That sounds like a little masterpiece because it hits so many so many things happen in it. Yeah. Um, and it's ska, but it's not, but it is, I don't know, I love that, yeah, I know, I was like, I was like, I had to take a second and like, take a deep breath and like, remember to like, feel the moment, I was just like, it was just like, seeing an old friend and you're, I don't know, Yeah. it was even hitting me, because I was just like, yeah, this is just, I, I know this, the band and the songs and the movement, I don't know, it's been, it's hard to explain, I know, it's been several years since I've seen them. It's been a solid 11 years since I've seen them in New York City. Uh, but I, I saw Sound of Animals fighting, like, that was, what, three years ago, probably? Yeah. 2019? Uh, but yeah, it's, it, it felt very familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm so glad, you know, Seagak being in there. It's just like, it's like hard to even imagine seeing the show without him. Um, yeah. Played all the hits. Every all the song hits. I wanted. Well, did they play anything off of Mandala? Whoa, nothing. Yeah, I didn't think so. I were walking in Taco Bell. Taco Bell.